Hey, it's Craig from Revolution Radio. This is just a reminder. Can you hit that subscribe button? That way you never miss a new episode of Canadian AF. And now, Revolution Radio and Canadian AF are proud to announce we are the newest members of a collective of some of the planet's greatest content creators on the new Cryer Media family. You can check out all the goodies that Cryer Media has to offer, including this podcast, at Cryer.co. Once again, that's C-R-I-E-R dot C-O. Thanks so much for listening to Revolution Radio, and enjoy this podcast. Yep. New theme music because Derek hates the old one. So we had to come up with a new one. Uh, I know. Scotty's shaking his head. I know. Derek's so picky, isn't he? Don't let him dictate anything. Yeah, just true. end up a nightmare. True, true. Uh, it's a good Craig, jam, though. It's a good jam. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, DJ Craig G here along with Dimitri Alexiou, music historian, musician, teleprompter operator. Scotty Comer filling in for our pal Derek Lewis. Uh, Scotty from the Scary Loud and just a massive, massive so you're uh, currently working on a record, Scotty, so we're going to talk about that. Or you just finished a record, if I'm not mistaken. Just so. finished one, yeah. We're going to talk about that very, very shortly. Underneath Scott is, uh, well, a very, very, very familiar face in downtown, uh, in, well, actually in Canadian music, not only in Toronto music. I've known Christian, I met Christian back in 1997, I believe, for the first time when he was playing with a band that we're just about to talk about, and he's been doing a ton of stuff ever since then so we have a lot of stuff to talk about with this fella unfortunately his partner in crime carlos alonso uh could not be with us tonight because he is under the weather and um you know like dimitri was saying there's something going around so anyway christian thanks so much for joining us tonight my friend we really appreciate it yeah i know great it's great to be here thanks for uh for having us now <laughs> <laughs> and there it is it's great here you said 97 yeah yeah Oh, okay. A little bit here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a ton here. So I have none in my hair at all. I have no gray hair. And my hair, I'm, li- I'm one of the lucky ones, right? So, but it's all in my beard. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I met, I met, uh, yeah, Judge Brums, 97. Yeah. We were hanging out. Uh, Dave owned the shop then. Mm-hmm. Right. What was it? Dave Tom- Thompson? Dave, uh, Dave Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So okay. I, I, I was in the staff. Uh, right after a, a couple of key people left and uh yeah and then i met you there for the first time but yeah but you were always super super cool. awesome and really cool to everybody oh, there nice and, to see uh, you again no, yeah honestly great. it's great to see you too brother it really is and, and congratulations on on everything that's going on and of course dimitri and scotty and i are going to talk to you about this brand new glue leg record which we're all super stoked about so uh dimitri let's get things going and um if you don't mind on land acknowledgement please Okay, so Canadian as fuck acknowledges that the land on which we're meeting is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. And Canadian as fuck also acknowledges that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. This podcast is called Canadian AF, also known as Canadian as fuck. Uh, Christian was actually on a podcast on this network, which is, of course, the Cryer Media Network. It was on a podcast recently 
I believe the fellow's name is Brenton on tour, and I really want to have him on this podcast. Uh, Christian was on the Do Did Will podcast yeah. a little that was while a, ago, and that was a good interview. Yeah, so that was a really good interview. great yeah. interview. So yeah, yeah if you if you uh, get a chance, Crier.co is where you can check out that interview, and uh, it's it's super awesome. But first, you're going to have to check out this interview. So we're going to get things going. Dimitri, take it away. Well. I I just I guess Christian like we're gonna go we're gonna get into the brand new album Horror Vacui did I pronounce it correctly Vacui Vacui Horror, Horror Vacui we're gonna get to that very soon but I think I just wanted to sort of set the scene with the song that I think that a lot of us were introduced to Glue Leg through and that would be Heroic Doses which you Certainly. with that interview in Brenton. You said that that would be the one song you would go back to if, like, when you guys put together a live show for Horror Vakui. Yeah. I think if we had to pick a track, it, it, that would be at the top of the, of the heap for sure. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, we're going to, so we're going to, we're going to we're going to reacclimate all the people out there in the internet to, with, to glue, to glue leg through heroic doses. From the from the album of the same name from 1994. This is Heroic Doses on Canadian as fuck on Revolution Radio in partnership with Cryer Media. I always love that. Systematic, it's somehow 
Just one of the coolest pieces of music ever. Ever, ever, uh, ever, ever. Oh, that song Fucking makes me so awesome, happy. Man. <laughs> I, I um Yeah, uh this is Canadian as fuck on Revolution Radio and uh in partnership with Cryer Media and we are sitting here with Christian Thorne Hayes Simpson, the drummer from Glue Leg. And it's and god damn, I just have to tell you I just have to tell you, Christian, how much that song sustained a number of us through the pandemic here, really you know, <laughs> like well, during uh, the we'll tell we'll tell the, you all about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. During the pandemic, <laughs> one of our one of our friends, uh, DJ Force, like Craig G and DJ Forces, we we would all like they would have DJ nights here on Twitch. And then, like, and we would just go crazy when, like, I remember DJ Forces put on Heroic Doses one night, and we were just, like, in the trash. Oh, my fucking God, it's glue leg, you know? And, like, yeah. and then, like, for, like, throughout the pandemic, like, we would have these DJ nights here on Twitch, and then one of us would just say, glue leg? Glue leg. Glue Every leg. single <laughs> broadcast. Because we would, you can chat, obviously, in Twitch, right? So one of us would end up saying, uh, glue leg is next? <laughs> <laughs> So you know, um, so long ago, and it still kind of blows me away that uh, people still because I mean we were just a little blip in the in, in on the scene, I guess. Uh, it, it's it's really great that people still remember and and still you know dig what was going on, what we were doing back then. So mm-hmm. yeah, right on, you, know? you like, guys, you guys are completely unique. It's hard. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe like yeah. that that sound. It's like you were kind of like Faith No More by way of Shuffle yeah. Demons or something. Yeah, like, you know, I always yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always thought I always felt that Glue Leg was like ten years ahead of its time. Always, like even with the the new record, you know, like it's it's like wow. I always okay. felt like you guys were just so far ahead of your time. And I remember getting that record. Um, ironically you and i were talking about working at at just drums and then i went from just drums down to steve's music Mm -hmm. and that record was constantly on the cd player and every time any customer that was kind of like our ilk like our alternative Mm -hmm. ilk would come upstairs into the drum shop you know what i mean they'd be like oh fuck glue leg awesome you know like it's just it's honestly man like it like we don't want to keep blowing smoke at you because I'm sure it's probably happened to you 60 million times over the last like 25, 30 years. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> but honestly, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, really, who doesn't love it, right? Like, that record was so fucking good, man. And it just, anyway, it just, well, I, I have nothing but good things to say about that yeah. record. When uh, the last time I was at uh, Steve's Music was as we were, you know, getting, we were working on the new record. Mm-hmm. and uh, i popped in there so it's probably a year and a half ago and i hadn't been into a music store in uh, 15 years i haven't been and, to steve since 2004 yeah and it yeah. was all like electronic kits you know like yeah. <laughs> ready kit, kits you know uh so anyway i went in and uh, my son was with me he's he's 12 and uh nice. so i went up to, i grabbed a couple of sets of sticks i can't remember what else i was getting went up to the counter and the guy, uh, his name was Jesse. Jesse Shapiro, I, I know him very well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he recommend he he recognized me, right? And, and he's like Christian Christian Simpson, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, 
and he made some comment to the other guys in the shop and uh yeah and then he said i actually have your cd in my car would you mind if i ran down to get it and just so you could sign it this is the first time in a music store in about 15 years and i've got my son with me and i'm thinking oh you know cool daddle you know (laughs) so he comes up and this is toronto though his car was like four blocks away (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so two hours later he came i mean he could care less my my son was can we get out of here man (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, that's well, an impressive moment impre- for me. Oh man, come on! And, and you're pulling the, you know, like hauling on my arm, like, can we get out of here? You know, what, you know, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And uh, so it just completely went, uh, you know, it lost on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a great, great feeling for me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So long and and uh, so us drummers, eh? We um, we stick together, yeah. right? What can we say? Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Nobody but else, been, nobody else sticks around for it. So we've got to stick together. You guys so you, are maniacs. Yep, so you've are. been through a bit of a journey uh, over the past few decades. Um, glue leg. Am I right? And is it true that glue leg broke up in 1998? Yeah. 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 And what was the immediate, what was the immediate cause of the breakup? Uh, okay. The fact so, that they were 10 years ahead so, of their time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had released um, uh, Claude Hopper. Yep. Was and that the one on Pure Noise? Yeah, in e- EMI was they had here. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, it you know I think that that record it 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 did okay and a lot of people really liked it, but it it didn't do enough. And I think that it was just a again a, a you know a hard sell for Canadian. Uh, radio they 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 didn't really embrace it didn't know what to do with it didn't mean they, they they didn't like it i remember hearing from you know lots of mm-hmm. programs and then they're like we we love your album but we're not allowed to play it kind of, you know oh and, shit okay uh, so and 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 we kind of got that because we you know we we were definitely were um different sounding than most of the stuff that was on the radio at the time uh so i think that the label just definitely, kind yeah. of uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to pick up, you know, the, the, do another record with, with these guys. So we were, you know, we went in and recorded an album and it's, it's actually like, there's a finished record that I don't know if it'll ever get released. Wow. Okay. Wow. And, does, it, does it still belong to EMI or, or where is no, it? No, no. Um, but that was, you know, it was recorded with uh, Ruben Chowder, uh, myself and uh, Andy, Andy Wise. So, yeah, I, you know, we all we would all have to agree on releasing that, and and um, you know, we kind of it it just it's not it's not really something we're all kind of eager to 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 put out there. So was that was it? Did you end up having to change your sound a little bit or anything? Like, what was it that made you? Or just now in hindsight, it's like ah, it doesn't really represent anything we want out there. No, it's not that. I mean, I was quite proud of it. I mean, I think it's a okay. great record. It was uh, produced by Matt DiMatteo, who was oh, yeah, pretty course. hot. Yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. we all know him well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it anyway, it was the Edwin project that kind of got um, through a bit of a wrench in the in the gears. Uh, oh yeah, you worked with Edwin for like, a while. If you will. Well, you know, Ruben decided you know he was going to go and work with Edwin, and 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 so that you know kind of t- took okay. Him- like picture and then you know i was kind of thinking well what am i going to do so i ended up going along and doing a, a stint 
uh, with, with Edwin. And, uh, and then I guess we just kind of moved on to, to, you know, I was in the biz for a few years longer. I did, uh, after Edwin, I was in saga for a couple of years and yeah. then, and then that was it. It was just, okay. I got to kind of move, move on. I, I didn't want to, uh, I was going through some, um, uh, some, some issues with, with my arms and my hands and, and uh, kind of had to, yeah, yeah. It was, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So anyway, uh, so I just kind of, moved away and 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 started a different whole different you know went down a completely different path and and uh so you, and uh yeah and you said you said it was condominiums like that that you started yeah, a condom yeah, condominium yeah. business yeah uh a, a cousin and myself we started a business um and it's just like condominium services uh you know we okay we kind of trying to figure out what what we were going to do um because you know after a you know be, being a musician for most of my life at the time and having odd jobs here and there i didn't have anything you know so anyway it was a real <laughs> me too part yeah. Yeah. yeah we all hit yeah. that point yeah 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 <laughs> and then during and then during the pandemic you and christian then during the pandemic you and christian sort carlos. of reconnected carlos carlos carlos, yeah. carlos yeah. Re yeah. reconnected yeah. yeah so so carlos uh and i hadn't spoken in quite some time and uh he you know he but he was being very productive he he was putting out um solo records and and he was really really working on his production craft and his mixing and um i mean so i mean this record the, the horror of akui uh, it just uh it it's exceeded both of our expectations uh did he uh, produce it then record and produce it yeah carlos produced it he 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 did uh, uh the mixing as well sounds great yeah we had it mastered uh by a guy named christian wright at at abbey road you know the abbey road i mean you can do that now in this new world we uh we live in right mm -hmm. uh, and and he really um put just you know he he just gave those tracks just just what they needed i mean it sounded great and then we sent it to christian and he you know this so we're really really happy but you know a lot of that was just due to carlos's you know him getting those records under his belt which you know um he he was you know so so he'd he'd stayed with 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 music and he's got you know other projects on the side um uh work-wise etc uh but um you know music was always still a, a a real driving force in 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 his life and i never thought i would get back into it but he always kind of um you know i i think when he was in the band when we first when i first joined the band um i mean i went and auditioned for him and uh in and ruben and uh so anyway i was like okay you're 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 our drummer and uh so i'm in i'm in the band now we 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 really connected musically and as far as our interests and 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 the the uh groups that you know the musical um our, our musical influences were very similar and uh so anyway we hadn't talked for years and years and years and then we bumped into each other just and started hanging out just socially you know just go mm -hmm. over drinks and group of old friends and he would kind of constantly keep kind of working on me right yeah were you keeping up your chops at it, the time or just you not no, 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 no no i had not even looked at a drum stick mm -hmm. when i picked one up in about you know 15 years before i finally caved and uh 
you know, and it was also moving out here, which allowed me to, to the space to actually do. So, you know, this wouldn't have happened if I just had one of those condo kits from Steve's, you know, uh, I, I, you know, would have been something to hang laundry on. I'm sure, you know, where were the uh, drums recorded on this album? They, they're really roomy, uh, in my pool room. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So remember when we first moved in here, uh, my wife and kids. And, uh, so there's a, there's a, an indoor pool and it's you know it's a it's a good sized room and i remember walking in and just sort of snapping my fingers and you could just hear the reverb yeah yeah and uh thought yeah this this would be a great sound this is room. this is my <laughs> when the levy breaks moment it's a it's a unique <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a unique sounding room that kit yes it's, and that album really sounds like something when as soon as and, it caught on i was like that's a different sounding room sound for drums yeah. and the fact that you the fact that you walked in and snapped your fingers that meant like you knew that you were gonna pick up the drums again you knew. <laughs> i think so yeah <laughs> yeah that's it yeah you knew you <laughs> knew i've been lugging around a couple of kits for uh, decades you know <laughs> for, yeah. you know 20 years anyway and never never set them up didn't have the space to in toronto and uh, finally when we got up here i did put up a small set and i thought my boys might want to play mm-hmm. and, uh you my know, daughter again, my daughter plays mine no, yeah. Interest, yeah. no interest at all but uh so anyway <laughs> I, you know i would kind of uh just look at them and go oh i remember when you know i know how to make those things work but you know i just thought uh you know Carlos again, you know, kind of just working me over. And I just said, no, I can't. They'll never, I'll, I'll be horrible. And, uh, you know, my chops are all gone. I'm, I'm old. There's no way, you know, I just can't do it. Anyway, um, you know, I remember the first time I sat down and started playing. And, you know, when it when you're just playing sort of, I guess it was just for fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a real different experience, you know, it's a different feel altogether. And I thought, mm-hmm. it's quite well, I'm watching the rusts kind of falling off, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, it, you know, just felt it kind of coming back. And um, there was a point where I said, you know what, I, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we just started to work on just different, you know, ideas, pieces of music. And uh, th- from that, you know, we decided to just kind of do it ourselves bring in a few a few guests here and there we were going to make it a a decided to make it an instrumental album and to really you know take a quite a you know a, a departure from the from the earlier stuff because again we're not we're not those people we were then our influences are yeah of course vastly different so, and the stuff so, we listen to and enjoy now is quite different too so we wanted to kind of embrace all of it and come out with this new uh, a new uh you know vision and and version of uh of of you know what the two of us were about anyway right Sorry and uh so uh originally like originally chowder was supposed to be was was thought to he was going to be a part of this right but then like there was like so, so what so like uh, from what you read wrote on facebook in september there was like a difference there was a difference in the musical direction like like so what what was it that uh, that chatter sort of like objected to do you know to be honest i don't uh I, i'm not really sure uh what it was but i i you know it never really said it was just you know he's just not he didn't didn't want to do it whether he could commit to it or you know it was a time mm-hmm. other things going on in his life I, you know completely understand. yeah 
so much time uh, but I, yeah and I, but i think that the the music was a bit of a, a departure for him i think he probably would have preferred the you know if we had sort of stuck with the older sound i i don't know again you'd have to ask him right we just like wanted to do something different and um and and uh but you know you, there there is a thread that connects to the to the older stuff i and, think so i yeah. think so like because if you even put down if you even compare some of these songs that you have on horror vacui to something like like going back to angst in 1992 it's still got that funkiness that was there in 1992 and the syncopation and everything you mm-hmm. know so and and like angst doesn't have a lot of vocals on it either so I can sort of like I can see it's just like there's just a maturity that's happened over the past uh over the past 30 years 30 you know so uh I I I still see this as glue egg you know so well great and you know we were you know concerned about that uh you know uh calling it glue leg um but you know you know should we call it you know Simpson Alonzo or Alonzo Simpson or, you know, and, and, and then, you know, we just kind of thought that, uh, you know, we were both important parts of that band. So, uh, you know, why not? And at the time chowder was part of that decision. I'd been talking to Andy a little bit. He didn't commit to playing on anything, but you know, the door was always open. Um, and um so again it was it started off as the three of us okay glue lab we're going to do a record and then chowder decided he wasn't going to and then we started okay we're still going to call it glue lab so Mm -hmm. and i'm glad we did yeah you know we haven't you know there hasn't been a lot of uh most of the feedback's been very positive we haven't heard anything we're like this isn't glue lab you know And, and to be honest if it if you were expecting us to sound like we did in 90 seven ninety five whatever uh you weren't really paying attention i guess to what we were doing because again if if we were always trying to kind of just explore and do do something different so we didn't want to just go back and kind of copy ourselves in that sound and you guys always mm-hmm. you, sense. you always you always for me that was one of the things i loved most about glue leg was the fact that you guys never seem to repeat yourself you know like kind of and i think really good artists do that Solid artists do that, you know, like the, the yeah, repetition factor. Uh, trying to trying to you know write a new record every time, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Is, is there a, is there a Primus yeah. fan in the band? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, was it uh, Havana Syndrome is a crazy Primacy song. It feels like it feels is that right. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, yeah. It was yeah Havana Syndrome. Yeah, I think yeah, that was Havana the one. Syndrome. Yeah, it's a big. A lot, yeah. of, lot, of, lot of drums going on. It's a little big percussion song. Yeah, yeah super yeah, cool. There's some big bottom end there there too. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's a very enjoyable track. Actually, mm-hmm. what what I was playing along to in my head in the main section of that track was a song off of King Crimson's Discipline album. So I was I was playing Bill Bruford. You know where he was he he wouldn't play. You know on the ride or the hi hat he would just on on the octave bands and uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Aaron. so i was kind of like stole that one more tribal that way yeah, yeah. but but i get the uh yeah that primus thing yeah uh I, I was a primus fan but carlos was a huge primus fan you know i guess for yeah. me yeah certainly being a bass player and uh but then yeah. also you know he there's chapman stick on that mm-hmm. on absolutely that, yeah that track um Havana syndrome and uh so that again is the the crimson thing you know mm-hmm. um 
So yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Have um I has have do you think though that as time has gone on that there is more of a prog influence than there used to be in Glue Leg? Well, I th- uh we were the two proggiest guys. Uh, okay. Like ah. I think Carlos and I both kind of brought the prog. Uh Ruben was uh you know, he was a rush fan, but he, he really liked Black Sabbath and um mm-hmm. Beatles. And he, he, you know, I think he came more from a, you know, just a, a songs and song songwriter and but like you know, he, heavy, heavy big guitar. Um, so you guys are off the leash now with this one. Well, we yeah, so so <laughs> we were we, we were the prog guys. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I grew up, you know, I I loved prog rock all through the 70s and and uh who are some of your favorite drummers aside obviously from from Bruford? Uh uh Basio, uh Vinny Coliuda. One of my Gordon. favorites, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just he's like a public utility, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, can do anything um you know all the zappa guys uh you know, neil pert of course uh bonham yeah you know the big guys but then you know there's a lot of guys that you, i'm sure you and i could talk drummers all night right and everybody else would be just like yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks guys okay <laughs> well i could just throw out names on yeah. you know the next couple tony hours. thompson mel gainer yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mel gainer i think is quite underrated i totally totally agree i also think john ferris from in excess very underrated great is that right great, great great player yeah i think he's awesome yeah i, I, yeah. I never saw him, but, uh, yeah um big simple minds fan mel gainer yeah just killer killer player is that phil and don't you forget about me the, of the course baby. yeah great one too and alive and kicking as well okay sorry guys sorry sorry drum nerd but, uh, <laughs> you got but you, but you told you told brenton that you that you and carlos aren't really jazz players but it's just like there does seem to be a jazz fusion element going throughout horror vacui like like and like a lot of there was a jazz fusion element going through Prague in the 70s like yeah so I, I guess I meant more traditional jazz. Um, absolutely. Know, yeah. Yeah. To, uh, I listen to a lot, uh, you know, almost more, uh, I listen to more jazz and, than anything now, I guess. Um, love it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it and that's a different aspect of my playing. That's something that I didn't really play, uh, like, um, back in the old days i was more like just smashing the shit out of everything and hitting really hard and mm. and now it's an it's it's more of just you know drummers like um uh god i'm drawing a blank now he was a guy that played with pat Metheny and he did the soundtrack for uh Ber- antonio sanchez oh yeah 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 watching him play it's just it's like circles and the movement is just so and it's Another guy that I just yeah. love is uh, Jojo Mayer, who's just like that yeah. too. Just such a like absolute fluidity. Mm-hmm. Just wonderful yeah. watching him play. Yeah. What does your twelve-year-old think of jazz? Uh, likes it better than most of the others. Music. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, really? Good. Yeah, I you gotta, don't know I, a lot of twelve-year-old yeah. jazz fans. I gotta That's ask you. I gotta ask you. Do they like it better than Glue Leg? They, you know what? They don't listen. They, they don't. No. They, they never kind of acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. It's because your dad, your dad, you're not rock star. Your dad. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I remember, uh, hearing an interview with the, the guy from uh, Billy, Billy Joe from Armstrong. Green, from Green Day. Day. Yeah. 
and he just you know his kids just like his kids are just like think he's the uncoolest guy in the world he's sure like, yeah yeah that's their job their job is to think that you know? about yeah you. it is it's yeah, yeah. who you are right yeah. your kids are always gonna think you're just because you know they see you you know on the couch in your underwear scratching your butt you know what I mean? that's yeah. right they're the ones that bring you down to earth right yeah. No mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i just saw i just saw buddy guy on saturday at Massey oh, wow. hall mm. and like he was taught and you know he, he's 86 and he'll go and he'll start rambling for a little while you know you know <laughs> and then like he um he was talking yeah. about he was talking about his son who's like in his 20s and um saying like uh and his son didn't give a shit about any of the music that he didn't give a shit about the blues or anything and then like so he would just like want to play like a bunch of hip-hop and everything you know mm-hmm. and um and then one day his son his son happens to catch somebody else playing a buddy guy song and then like <laughs> and then oh. and then it's like and then it's like wait what a second that? what is that yeah. and then he's like i didn't i didn't know you could do that you know yeah and then like and then like and then suddenly he picks up a guitar and now and now buddy guy brings his kid on stage at at his own show on that's saturday awesome. that's awesome <laughs> so yeah nice. i don't know what your i don't know what your kid is wants to be when he grows up but you can't predict you know yeah so yeah yeah no for sure you know and they're young and and uh so who who knows what you know i i've always kind of had instruments lying around and really hoped that they would pick one up and you know yeah. but there's a lot of things vying for that generation's attention number one being video games mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. go down the list phones uh you know etc so it's not it's not necessarily sitting down and practicing your paradiddles for the next four hours sure yes my uh my dad's a gynecologist so he was leaving around stirrups and uh stethoscopes and what have you and it didn't take i ended up being a musician i get it i get it you go the opposite way that's right yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's interesting Mm, interesting nice buddy um christian i was wondering if you could hi scott scotty comer scary loud everybody i'm out Uh, that's right (laughs) mic drop good night um So, Christian, I was wondering if you could talk just, you know, briefly. I'm sure it's been well documented over the years, but I'm just wondering, like, if you could talk about kind of your early takes of of Glue Leg back in the day. Like you said, you you um, auditioned for the gig. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you end up meeting like uh, Carlos and Ruben and everybody? Like, how did that all kind of start taking shape? And, and what was if you don't mind, maybe just sharing a couple of early memories, earliest memories of of the band yeah. getting together and becoming essentially what we know as glue leg. Yeah. So I was playing and I was in some, um, you know, working cover bands. I was actually in a super tramp tribute band. Nice. Oh, great music. Great drumming music. Yeah. Uh, great, great, to, fun to play. And yeah. It, yeah, it was, what was the, what was the name of the super tramp tribute band? It's called asylum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Track uh, title off of uh, Crime of the Century. Crime of the Century. That's it, right, yeah. it was good. It was a great. It was a good band. Um, and uh, but you know, I was doing that, and I thought, well, I'd really like to play, you know, something more original. Get get involved with some, you know, guys that are doing something that, uh, you know, might be something up my alley. Something. I How old were you at the time? Uh, late twenties. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm quite old, quite a bit older than the other guys. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, there was an ad in Now Magazine. Is that, is that even still going? I don't oh, even I, Well, I'm not sure. I think I, it's digital only now. Yeah. Well, I know the, the headquarters used to be on um, uh, Sherburn. Sure, 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 Sherburn, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but, so, so that was your go-to, right? Now Magazine was, you know, a big deal back then. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, so anyway, I entered an ad. And I think the ad was uh, King Crimson, Rush, uh, fans looking for a for a drummer. Wow! No, they they put okay, it. They they cited uh, those two bands. Okay. Yeah, and you know there might have been Jane's Addiction and Faith No More in there as well. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. You remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, yeah, you know what? This sounds interesting. So I went down and. Um, Met the guys, went down to the basement. They had an old drum set there. And uh, I remember Carlos had a Chapman stick. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> that's cool. Um, that's, a Tony, so that's a Tony Levin instrument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd never seen one before. Um, I mean, I knew what it was, but I'd never seen anybody playing it. Uh, anyway, so um, we pl- played King Crimson's Red. You know, they're like, do you know, do you know, uh, you know, read off of uh, Crimson's album? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no. So we banged through that and and um, can't remember what else we played. That one stood out and it was kind of like, OK, let's do this. You know, so I, um, you know, I had decided and they had decided on me at the time. It's like, OK, and we just started rehearsing Wow. from that super tramp band I was in. We, of course, had a sax player, which was Andy, and we went into uh carlos rubin and i went in to record uh park alien REP. okay okay and uh, there's a track on there cultural faux pas i think or galactic cat one of them we wanted horns on it mm. so we brought in um andy and uh this other guy alex that was a friend of andy's who played trumpet they came in and, and just laid down a horn line and on top of what i was doing what chapman stick was doing with this big you know sabbath guitar going on and we just thought, well, this sounds unique. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we decided to to add the uh, the horns. So and, cool. Yeah. So cool. It did. T- it definitely changed the sound. It took it in a different direction, and it opened up. You know, where there was more we could kind of do uh, with with uh, with with the sound. You know, of the band. Mm-hmm. And he comes from. You know, he was a big Steely Dan fan. He was a big Wayne Shorter fan, jazz guy. Um, and, um, you know, so, you know, Carlos and I were kind of prog guys, Zappa guys, Crimson, uh, and, and Ruben was sort of the Beatles Sabbath guy. And we just kind of made it all work. It was, there was never any, uh, you can't play like that. and You can't play, you know, it was just like, do it, do whatever you kind of bring what you have. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting sound. Nice. So, so just, um, just going back to jerking you back to more to the present day. Um, so 15 years off from drums and you were worried that you weren't going to know how to play. And then yet you said that you, but as you said, you felt like you emerged an even stronger drummer And why do you, why do you think any theory on why you think you emerged even stronger? 
yeah, I mean, I, you know, now I'm not as as fast or 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 powerful or you know, there was just a, a real you know rawness and aggressive nature to how I played back then. Now I I've just and I think it's just through listening to a lot of of different music a lot of jazz players a lot you know different different Mm -hmm. styles of 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 uh, playing music and you know i'm a a huge uh fan of a lot ambient music you know a lot of brian eno that that Mm -hmm. stuff and and so it's it's almost more about just the sounds and the sonic you know the the different textures of of you know what i you can kind of pull out of a drum so and that's where some of that jazzy stuff came out you can hear it in a few tracks on the record which i'm you know super proud of hugo and the fish um uh zero day is another one where you know i'm playing way vastly different than i did back in in the day and that's um and it's a much more delicate uh approach um and and more of that kind of circular playing as opposed to uh, 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 yeah how, how much of that came to you when you heard the source music versus you were listening to jazz you admired some stuff i thought oh i'd like to work that into something you know like wagon horse thing like uh yeah yeah how did that yeah. come about yeah yeah well it, it that went both ways i mean there was mm-hmm. some of this stuff was scaffolded on just a drum groove that you mm. know, i'd have just recorded laid down sent it over to Car- carlos and then he would you know, send it back to me with this whole different world on top of that. And then, cool. you know, then that would then inform what I was going to, where we were going to take that piece of music, you know, um, there's <laughs> there again, that song, uh, a zero day. I know we've got, I think we've got like 19 versions of that in the first. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Well, so, so are you live off the floor then? Uh, or yeah. at least two well, instruments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Like, you know, I, I just, you know, record the stuff live and shoot it over to him. And then he sent back this version and it, and it was just like right out of, you know, you know, he sounded like, you know, Tony Banks. <laughs> it was, it was just this beautiful Genesis song. We were both laughing our asses off. We're like, we can't really release that. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's off of trick of the tail. Duke, you know, no, yeah. Like, more Duke. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a- anyway, uh, hmm. we might actually release that, uh, on an EP, like the original version of a zero day, but then, you know, it, it kind of morphed and, and really changed dramatically into what it is is now it, it 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 my part of it became you know a lot you know kind of uh jazzier and freer freer uh playing and uh and carlos was just bringing in all kinds of different tones and textures and stuff like that and that uh, that's one of my favorite tracks on on the record i think that is almost um that and 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 aegis aegis i think the first track off the record is one of the threads to the earlier heroic doses sound and Mm -hmm. um, and then from that you get to zero day and 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 some of that other other jazzier stuff i think if we had come out with just that more of that the the jazzy thing and and we didn't have some of those harder edge pieces that that we have it, it would have been more of a yeah this really isn't you know sounding like anything we've ever heard before so it's great to hear you know talking to you guys here it's quite different but there is still a connection to the yeah well it's hard for me to choose 
I I had a really hard time choosing one song from Horror Vakui to to close out the interview with. But I just have a few a couple more things because like you mentioned an EP that like that you and Carlos are talking about releasing, like as a sort of as a sort of companion piece to Horror Vakui, right? Yes, because there was a, a track that we really wanted on this, but we just didn't, you know, it 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 was going to take too much time, and we wanted to get this thing released. It was, um, you know, geez, almost a year and a half or over that from when we first said we were going to, you know, start working on a new record. So we just thought, let's get it out, and we've got some other odds and ends and stuff that we we will put out on an EP, and uh, so because we're going to keep going, we're going to do. Um, you know, we're going to start working on another record. We'll see, we'll mm-hmm. see that one takes us, you know, it won't, you know, I think it'll be probably similar to where we're going, but we, you know, we've already got some ideas on taking it, um, to another place. Um, so yeah, the EP is, uh, I don't know, a few months away and, okay. And then, um, well, Brenton asked you about like your plans for live shows. I don't know if you've thought about that since that interview, like you and Carlos talked about it more. Uh, we have, we are, um, we are going to get it, get it together. It's just, it's going to take a little bit of time. We've just got like, there's a, a kind of a, a lot going on right now in, in our, you know, uh, worlds. Um, yeah. So we, we are going to, you know, we've got to put together a group of people that are going to, play with us because it's not necessarily something we could just pull off the two of us yeah wanted to hit it like sounding like the way it does right now um certainly i'd need another drummer um and we're gonna need um you know it's not a lot of guitar on it but there is we would need probably a guitar player that could also play bass Mm -hmm. but i i i am really excited about about doing this getting a putting a show together that would be amazing and um that'd be so cool so yeah, it was as I said, it was very hard to pick just one song from Hora Vakui to close out this interview. Um Can't wait to hear what it is. So anyway, I thought about I thought about Havana Syndrome, which Scott mentioned earlier. Uh, and um and then I and then I listened to and then I listened to the album as I was getting ready for work this morning. And uh and I just thought that everybody would re- I just thought that a lot of our listeners would really get get something cool out of pyroclastic and oh, so yeah. what so do you have any impressions of that song that you want to that you want to talk about uh love the track that one i'm really proud of um i think it's um quite quite unique and that has the the drum section in there is is it's all just kind of layered you know i was just playing over parts like there are a lot of kind of overdubs on that um and you know the big 30 inch gong drum <laughs> and so there, yeah there's a lot of weight to that song it, it's it that's one's different that and and uh, again i'm you know really proud of of that one because it does kind of again one of my that's one of my favorites cool christian thorne this has Simpson. Been, this has been so freaking cool dude like we can't thank you enough, honestly, for coming on. Like this has been awesome. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So 
how do I see this? Where are we? Li- I don't even know. Are we live? So basically, what this is is this is live right now on our Twitch channel, which is let me do a quick uh, front sell here. It's twitch.tv forward slash Revolution Radio Canada. Um, we are going to be turning this into a podcast as soon as things are done. I will email the stuff off to uh, you and Carlos so that you've got everything you put up on your socials and all of that good stuff. But yeah, again, yeah. So we're on all the streaming sites. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. it's a double it's a double album so so it's a, you said it was like 80 87 minutes i think right yeah 87 minutes worth of glue like goodness um yeah christian thorn hay simpson from glue like thank you so thank much you. for joining us um and uh and and all the best and we're wait and when that ep comes out maybe we'll have you back to talk about it yeah yeah for sure we'll get carlos on yeah, yeah, and 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 we we you know we'll we'll all be there when uh, when you guys play live for sure. So for sure, sure. Okay. okay. So right. from Hor- hmm? I said we'll stay in touch. Awesome. Yeah, uh, thanks so much, Kristen. We really appreciate you, man. So from Horvakui, which just came out just a few weeks ago, um, this is Glue Leg with Pyroclastic on Canadian as fuck on Revolution Radio in partnership with Cryer Media. Awesome. Thanks again, Kristen. Have a great night, brother. Thanks.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.